Welcome to Houston Sports Talk with your host, Robert Land. Thanks for checking into the best Houston sports podcast. And back for his weekly visit, our NFL and fantasy football expert, Andy Rio, who's covered fantasy for nearly 20 years now. It's great to see you, Andy. And you and I, along with the rest of planet Earth, thought the Texans' opponent this week, the Commanders, had no shot at the Eagles. No shot. Have you recovered from that shocker? What do you make of all that? Well, I, I was certainly surprised they were able to really take it to uh, Philly on the ground and control the time of possession. And you know, that's a way to beat the Eagles. Obviously, very few people have been able to pull that off, but you kept the offense off the field and you know your own offense dominating time of possession, Taylor Heineke mixing in a few critical passes here and there. So it was a pretty impressive performance by the commanders. Yeah, we're going to get back to the Commanders and the Texans game in a sec, but just quickly looking back at Texas Texans Giants, did anything surprise you? I'm guessing from a fantasy perspective, Nico Collins' return and his first touchdown of the season, something worth noting. Definitely, uh, and I think the bigger picture there is that he received 10 targets. Now, the Texans were generally in catch-up mode. I mean, it was one of those games where it never totally got away from him, but you never really felt like they were going to – pull off the comeback either, but they were throwing enough to where Nico got 10 targets. And I think he's a talented enough player that if he can continue to get volume similar to that, he can contribute for fantasy football owners. He's still not somebody that I would consider an ideal weekly starter by any means, but if he keeps getting that kind of volume, he can pitch in. We still have, you know, some bye weeks coming up. I mean, this week we've got four teams off. We've got a lot of teams off in week 14, so uh, certainly he's worth adding to your roster if you have the space. It's kind of funny to hear Texans guys that are going to be backup in fantasy because the Texans backups aren't that good in real life. But the, well, Texans, true. Yeah. But the Texans did pick up a backup. Watch that. Watch this transition. They did pick up a backup and running back Eno Benjamin off the waiver wire, which was a surprise release, I believe, from the Cardinals. Uh, Benjamin, seventh-round pick two years ago, but he'd averaged 4.3 yards per carry on 70 attempts this season. He was starting to look like something, Andy. He forced 16 missed tackles on 69 attempts, which is a rate better than Brees Hall, who everybody loves as the rookie. Andy, this could this be a sneaky pick and maybe just maybe a legit backup for Damian Pierce? Yeah, I think it has the potential to be a very astute acquisition by the Texans because Benjamin had led the Arizona backfield uh, when James Conner was out with injuries. Conner was back and had over 90% of the work for Arizona this week in their victory over the Los Angeles Rams. Uh, but Benjamin definitely has flashed talent. And, you know, with the current backup being Rex Burkhead, uh, you know, who I would say is probably one of the least popular players on the Texans, not because Burkhead is a is an unlikable individual or anything. It's just he doesn't really bring a lot to the table and any snaps you're giving him are taking away from Damian Pierce. Yeah, now with Benjamin, though, they have somebody that actually can be a legitimate backup to Pierce. Uh, in fantasy terms, I, I took a look at Yahoo and um Benjamin is on rostered in 42% of the league. So he's still going to be out there in some leagues. I think it, the percentages would have been higher, uh, you know, but a lot of people were hanging on to him because Connor has had the reputation of being somewhat injured in recent years. But if he's out there and you have Pierce, 
I think you now have a good shot at having a legitimate handcuff there should something happen to Pierce, which obviously we hope nothing does. It was weird because he had some really good numbers with the Cardinals. There were Cardinals fans that I noticed when I went on social media weren't tremendously happy with the fact that they just out and out released him. There was a rumor that he was told he wasn't going to get as much playing time with some of the injuries and guys coming back, and he was upset about it. But, you know, Cardinals fans were like, well, you know, geez, the, that's what you want from a from a guy. You want him to want to play and be upset that he's not getting a chance to play. So it just it was an odd deal, I think. Right, Andy? This is not something it's anybody expected. It's definitely expect- surprising. Yeah, I, I did not see that one coming. But, uh, I you know, we're not hearing anything about it being, you know, anything like crazy or anything like that. And, yeah, you're right. If a guy has a desire to play, that's exactly what you want. I mean, you know, typically in sports, guys aren't aren't really thrilled being backups. There are some that do it very well. I mean, obviously, we know in the NBA, there's a lot of six men who are very good players and all that, and they're okay with coming off the bench because they often play starters minutes. So, yeah, I, I, think, it's a, I think it's a very intriguing acquisition by the Texans. I, I like it because at this point, you're going to be building for the future. Uh, you need to get as many spots as you can nailed down to focus on the spots where you really need help at. And if they can go into next year with him as the number two running back behind Pierce, well, then that's you know less of a spot that they have to be concerned with. I mean, it's really not going to be a draft priority anyways because of Pierce. But still, though, it means you don't have to think about really drafting a backup running back. Yeah, you save some what you might be doing in the sixth round. It saves you potentially in free agency. Although I think you've got to re-sign him, don't you, Andy? This is he does not sign beyond this season from what I read. And I don't know, like when you pick a guy up on waiver wires, if you pick up the contract, but according to Spotrack, anyway, he's not signed beyond this season. It was one of those that I think, I guess you would have had to pick up his option at this point, And it, d- it didn't look like they did any, that's, that's what I saw. Yeah. I mean, but in, in the running back class is going to be uh, pretty good uh, this upcoming off season and everything, but yeah, I mean, get him in, you know, if he likes it and everything, then you'll have a better chance of resigning him. Okay, well, let's get to the Commanders game on Sunday because it appeared to be the last potentially winnable game for the Texans over the next few weeks. After this one, they face Tua and the third-ranked Dolphins offense. Then it's the Deshaun Watson return, followed by Dak Prescott, Patrick Mahomes, and blah, 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 blah. It doesn't look good. And, Andy, the Commanders go on the road with only six days to prepare. So if the Texans weren't the masters of shooting themselves in the foot, I would say this smells like a Texans potential upset, but I don't know. What do you think? I think it could be a bit of a trap game for Washington. I mean, they're certainly going to be off an emotional high of upsetting Philadelphia, one of their division rivals. And, And people have kind of forgotten about the commanders because they're in last place in the East, but they're in last place with a five and five record and still have a shot at the playoffs. Uh, the thing that would concern me for Washington, obviously, is, yeah, short week, emotional high. They could be a little bit flat, but the Texans' run defense may cure that flatness. They have a couple of good running backs in Brian Robinson Jr. and Antonio Gibson, both worthy flex plays this week, and they may just be content uh, to lean on those guys. Uh, looks like we'll probably see Taylor Heineke again. I think Carson Wentz is getting close to returning, but he's not there yet. And Heineke's been playing good. Um, not necessarily a fantasy starter automatically by any means, but he has certainly lifted the commanders overall. Terry McLaurin, definitely a start along with uh, Gibson and Robinson. Curtis Samuel was doing pretty good this year, but he's kind of fallen off. 
they also got uh, Jahan Dotson back, uh, a rookie who showed well earlier this season with Carson Wentz when he was the quarterback. Uh, but, you know, he, he did not uh, – it, it kind of was probably eased back in somewhat on Monday night. So I'd probably – uh, consider him a no-go for this week. But, uh, yeah, those two rushing and running backs definitely look like good plays. The Commanders 5-5, five and five, like you said, that's a powerhouse in the AFC South. I'm scared of them if I'm an AFC South right now. <laughs> but the Commanders, three-and-a-half-point favorites. Andy, hard for me to imagine the Texans keep within a field goal. I just I, – I would never bet on the Texans to stay – uh, within seven points. If once the spread gets beyond that, the Texans manage to keep it. They kind of keep it within seven most of the time, but three and a half, uh, I, I wouldn't do it. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I would think that uh, Washington would have a good shot at uh, covering that. Um, I think, again, the Texans have the potential to keep the game close because generally speaking, the Texans have been competitive this year in most of their games. But yeah, I mean, they could lose it by seven points, certainly. I would say the atmosphere at NRG Stadium at this point in the season, especially with the commanders coming in, the real hope for the Texans is that the quiet of the crowd and the quiet atmosphere kind of puts the commanders in a napping state or something like that. <laughs> well, I mean, the thing is, uh, up in Washington, depending on the opponent, sometimes uh, the crowd noise there is working against Washington. So this might actually be a better situation for them. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Just a reminder, quick reminder to subscribe, comment, like us on YouTube. That's the best way to support the show. We'd love to hear from you. So put something in the comments. I look at each and every one of them and make sure to catch our live Texans Commanders postgame show with my co-host, Sports Radio 610, Sean Bajani. And Andy, you know, I'm going to have on my draft expert in, a, in the next week because I want to talk about the quarterbacks that are in this draft. It's already that time to start thinking about that. So I want people to go look for that show. I'm going to have it up uh, hopefully this coming Monday. So we're going to talk about Bryce Young and C.J. Stroud and some of those guys. But Andy, the big matchup this week, Cowboys and Vikings. But before I go to the Vikes this week and talk about that one, that Vikings-Bills, we got to talk about that for just a second because it looked like the game of the year. I just wish more of the country got to see it. Of course, Texans fans were too, too busy focusing on their own game. So after they Texans was over with I was like oh my god that that was a good game I wish I'd seen it well that was definitely a game that was worthy of either prime time or the late 325 central time window but Fox understandably I mean even though the Packers are down this year I mean they're still a beloved franchise and of course the Cowboys are the Cowboys so you can understand why Fox stuck with that in the late window but yeah, Minnesota and Buffalo, that was just an absolutely tremendous game, uh, an all-time classic. Uh, you know, just when you think Minnesota had lost a heartbreaker, then Buffalo gives it back to them. And, uh, you know, Josh Allen, some thought he wouldn't even play. And, you know, generally speaking, he played well, but he had those costly interceptions and just a very gritty victory by Minnesota. And uh, definitely a troubling loss for Buffalo on the heels of them losing to the Jets because, uh, you know, right now, um, you know, they've got a real fight just within their division and they got to focus on that. It wasn't that long ago when people were penciling Buffalo in for home field advantage throughout the playoffs. And that doesn't look like the case right now. So that sets up this Vikings and Cowboys both coming off emotional wins for both teams. Well, actually, Dallas lost that game to Green Bay in overtime. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm already thinking ahead of the pack that we're going to talk about the Packers in a second. But yeah. 
Uh, but big storylines here for the for the Vikings and Cowboys, right? Oh yeah, absolutely. I mean, this game is definitely taking on taking on increased urgency for Dallas, having lost that game to Green Bay. Um, you know, it was a controversial in overtime. Mike McCarthy went for it on fourth down, and they didn't get it, and that set up Green Bay perfectly to win the game. So, uh, you know, definitely the drama level is higher around the Cowboys this week. Certainly, C.D. Lamb had the best game of the season for him with two touchdown receptions. He could easily get on a heater here in the latter stage of the season. Dak Prescott threw three touchdown passes. Uh, Dalton Schultz uh, looking good again at tight end. Tony Pollard looked great in the backfield. Obviously, uh, for fantasy purposes, the question will be, will Tony Pollard get to lead the way again, or will Ezekiel Elliott be back for Dallas? Uh, Minnesota, I mean, Justin Jefferson, just absolutely phenomenal. That catch he had, uh, all-time classic. Dalvin Cook had a long touchdown run. Uh, Minnesota continues to get TJ Hawkinson involved since coming over from Detroit. Uh, you know, those three guys, obviously automatic starters, um, you know, you can certainly use Adam Thielen, although at, at this point, you know, he's kind of just not uh, going to give you a ton anymore. You might get a touchdown reception and some catches here and there. Uh, Kirk Cousins, you know, certainly could be started. It's it's a difficult matchup. But then again, they gave up three touchdown passes to Aaron Rodgers uh, last weekend. So a lot of sparks should fly in uh, Minnesota on Sunday afternoon. And that game is the main late game on CBS going to most of the country. Yeah, the Vikings very, very slowly are starting to make people believers, I think. And despite losing Tyree Kill, Andy, the Chiefs offense is still second in the NFL. I mean, they just keep rolling along. Patrick Mahomes, Andy Reid. We know the story. Always a fun AFC West matchup, though, with Kansas City and the Chargers. And, and that one we're going to see again on Sunday. And the Chargers have to win if they're going to keep any faint hopes alive of winning the AFC at West. And realistically, they need this win to boost their wild card chances. Uh, what they really need is to get uh, Keenan Allen and Mike Williams back. We've kind of been going all along for weeks now waiting for Keenan Allen to come back. The timetable's a little bit more firm for Mike Williams. And it's been said that both those guys are going to practice this week. So that's obviously a key storyline. Uh, if one of those guys plays, it certainly bolsters Justin Herbert's fantasy value. And he's really been in a funk since those guys have been out. Uh, Josh Palmer has helped to pick up the slack somewhat, but he had kind of a quiet evening in San Francisco. And they also lost Gerald Everett, who had been productive at tight end. So uh, as far as fantasy goes, you're just basically going to have to wait and see a bit on all of the Chargers uh, as we get closer to Sunday, except, of course, for Austin Eckler. He had a little bit of a down night against San Francisco. Go, but even playing so well that you probably were expect a little bit of a bump in the road. But you know he's he's obviously great. He can go for multiple touchdowns uh, any given time. On the Kansas City side of the equation, the big story uh, last week was not your typical Mahomes and Travis Kelsey dominance. It was uh, Isaiah Pacheco taking over in the backfield, and uh, Clyde Edwards-Helaire was basically invisible. You know, Jarek McKinnon was still used in passing situations. But Pacheco uh, had a nice game, and he sets up nicely this week against a uh, banged-up and highly susceptible Los Angeles Charger run defense. Uh, Kansas City may not have Juju Smith-Schuster. He took a vicious hit in the victory over Jacksonville. So Kadarius Toney, who came over from the Giants, had a touchdown. 
and uh, he'll be more involved. Also, we'll see if Nicole Hardman comes back. He's always uh, a touchdown threat if he's out there. And uh, Marquez Valdez, Scantley, certainly a boomer bust. I guess if you were going to go with one of the wide receivers uh, at this point for Kansas City, it, it would probably be Tony. Next one I was going to get to was Titans and Packers. But before I get to that one, Andy, let's talk Titans for just a second, because I noticed Tennessee in one of the most amazing stats so far of the season. They're six and three, despite a point differential of minus two. <laughs> so they're in the minus three games over 500. I'm not sure there are many coaches that get more out of less than Mike Vrabel. Kevin O'Connell has got a great case for coach of the year, but man, you'd you'd be sleeping if you didn't consider Mike Vrabel barring some sort of Titans collapse late this year. I mean, just what he's done is amazing. Well, he's done a great job, um, but but honestly, right now, I would say two of my leading candidates outside of O'Connell would be Brian Dayball with the Giants and Pete Carroll with Seattle. I mean, Vrabel certainly deserves consideration, not uh, trying to cut him down or uh, anything like that. But, uh, you know, yeah, they just keep on uh, churning out victories. And, uh, you know, you got to play Derrick Henry if he's out there. They did get two touchdowns this week from Nick Westbrook-Akina, but not sure if that is sustainable. Traylon Burks did come back. He was somewhat involved. Uh, you really, for anybody outside of Henry for, for Tennessee, uh, you would need to get see them get into a game where they've got to throw the ball a lot. I'm not sure that will happen against Green Bay because – Green Bay's run defense is not great. It could easily be a big night uh, for Derrick Henry, which, of course, you can say that pretty much every week. Uh, you know, on the Packer side of the equation, Christian Watson, second-round pick, hadn't done much, but then he goes for three touchdowns against the Cowboys and immediately becomes one of the most sought-after waiver-wire players in fantasy football. Again, not sure that's obviously going to be immediately sustainable, but he's worth a look because the Packers have been trying to get a number one receiver all year. Alan Lazard has generally been it, but uh, Lazard is more of a steady player than a superstar uh, by any stretch of the imagination. Aaron Jones has re-solidified his spot in the Green Bay backfield as the lead back. A.J. Dillon just flat out one of the bigger disappointments in fantasy this year. Uh, if Watson can continue to sustain himself, it's going to be big for Aaron Rodgers down the stretch. He certainly struggled, but he could be played this week, uh, given that Tennessee's pass defense is not the best. Yeah, and the Titans, they get this Packers team that's desperately trying to pull off a, a late-season run. Do you, do you feel like the Packers can do it? Can they, can they make a late season? Is there enough time for them? Well, uh, they need this one because they got to play Philadelphia after this week. Um, but given the state of the NFC, it's not out of the question that Green, Green Bay could make a run, but they really need to win this game. And I, I think they have a shot at it. Not sure I would definitely say they would, but I think they have a shot. It all kind of depends on if last week's game was just a blip or a building block. But at four and six, you're not totally out of it in the NFC. If they could somehow just get to like nine and eight, that may be enough to get in as a wild card. The next game we've got Jets and Patriots. It's not exactly a fantasy football fun fest for, for a lot of people, but Andy, it's got big ramifications in the playoff picture. Yes. Yeah, so with every team being above 500 in the AFC East and scrambling, not just for the divisional championship, but wild card spots, uh, this is indeed a very big game. And can the Jets uh, get revenge against New England because they, they went down to Jersey and beat the Jets earlier this season? 
and Zach Wilson struggled in that game. It could easily be a game where the biggest fantasy producers are the defenses on both sides because both teams uh, are scoring well defensively in fantasy and playing very well in reality. If you're going to use anybody in terms of fantasy in this equation, it would probably uh, be the running backs on both sides. But even then, uh, you know, Ramondre Stevenson probably is the best bet. Michael Carter and James Robinson could produce. Uh, if you absolutely had to go with a receiver in this game, it'd probably be Jacoby Myers for New England, Garrett Wilson uh, for New York. Uh, would definitely stay away from the uh, quarterbacks in this one. Which quarterback do you bet on between these two quarterbacks as far as the guy that's going to lead a team to a win? Is there one that you like better than the other? I would probably go with Mac Jones if asked to choose between him and Zach Wilson. Okay, well, we're going to find out. This this should be that should be a really interesting game to tell us where these two teams are going into the last half of the season. And you know, after this Eagles, you know, having their first setback, we as we talked about earlier in the show, they get a Matt Ryan and Jeff Saturday led Colts team hoping for a revival. Can the Colts keep it going, Andy? Well, I I think Philadelphia will come in Indianapolis and, and win that game, but uh, certainly. Uh, you know, as somebody who's always liked Matt Ryan, it was nice to see him get another chance. But beating the Raiders is a lot different than beating the Eagles at this point, and especially an angry Eagles team. If there's one thing that you could pen on for Indianapolis to give them a shot at this one, Jonathan Taylor looked like Jonathan Taylor again uh, last week. He was healthy, had a long touchdown run against the Raiders. Uh, and given that Philadelphia was gashed on the ground, like we talked about earlier uh, in this segment, if Taylor can get going and they can control the time of possession, maybe Indianapolis has a puncher's chance of pulling off the upset. Uh, Ryan probably will have to throw some, though, and he has been susceptible to mistakes, certainly still better than Sam Ellinger at this point. Um, you know, and Paris Campbell has performed better with Ryan in the lineup. He could be. Uh, again, a helpful asset in PPR leagues this week. Michael Pittman uh, needs to pick it back up again. He's certainly capable of that. And uh, the Eagles are now going to be without Dallas Goddard, their outstanding tight end. So they don't really have a like-for-like replacement on the roster. Hard to find somebody that uh, you know would equal the talent of Goddard. So I would suspect, obviously, that's going to increase the load on A.G. Brown and Devontae Smith. They're certainly capable of that. I think we'll see more of guys like Quez Watkins and Zach Paschal, who are decent third and fourth receivers, they'll probably be more involved in picking up the load. And we might see Kenneth Gainwell a little bit more. He's their best receiving uh, back uh, and everything. So I definitely think Philadelphia is going to get back on track. But if Indy has any shot, it'll come with Jonathan Taylor having a huge day. Between the Vikings and the Eagles, because now both of them have one loss, they look like the two best teams in the NFC. Which which team right now do you feel like is the better team? Who's more talented uh, right now as you go into the playoffs? And obviously, I guess it's going to be between Kirk Cousins and Jalen Hurts. And, you know, we're going to see how real Jalen Hurts is pretty soon when, he, when, when they get to the playoffs. And, you know, Kirk Cousins has always had his detractors. So I'm just kind of curious, like, where are you with these two teams? Well, right now, I would still give the nod to Philadelphia. If you recall, back in week two, they did beat Minnesota pretty handily. Now, that doesn't always translate to anything in the playoffs, but it does give us a measurement. Uh, the Eagles need to get a little bit healthier up on their defensive front right now. 
but I think overall, I mean, Minnesota has won a lot of tight games and, and Philadelphia has had some more dominating performances. So uh, does the Vikings luck run out at some point? I mean, I think Philadelphia didn't play very well uh, against Washington. So I, I still would say right now that Philadelphia would get the edge, but Minnesota winning in Buffalo is certainly impressive. Yeah, the Vikings, they're, it's always a good story up there. I'm, I'm just a, lot, a big fan of that franchise because, you know, they're, they're a franchise that are very similar to the Houston franchise that, that we've had in the NFL over the past, you know, 50 years. Just, you know, so close and not quite being able to get their championship either. Um, Andy, just for everybody out there, if they want to ask you questions, of course, as we tell them every week, uh, you can always ask him at Andy Rio, R-I-O-U-X. Of course, you know, look at it in the show description as I put his Twitter handle in the show description every week. You can ask him about fantasy or any anything NFL related for that matter. And, you know, it's always a blast, Andy. Can't wait to do it again next week. Sounds good. You're listening to Houston Sports Talk. Hey, you can support the show by subscribing on YouTube and commenting on the videos. Listen to Houston Sports Talk on Spotify, Apple, Stitcher, and Google. Don't forget to tell a friend and share our show on social media. Spread the word, everybody. Thanks for listening.